Hello and welcome to episode 152 of Three Beers in a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with Barry Neal. And once again, Barry, we are taking advantage of the technology of Zoom and doing this in separate locations as the world is still very much in the grips of all things Corona. Um, how are yes. you doing this now? Yeah, man, I'm not too bad. I'm not too bad. We're getting there. We're getting there. Painfully slowly. It was uh, last week, just it felt like one of the just the longest weeks in a while, you know, just where everything that's going on and then obviously everything else kicking off in America just it was just endless amounts of bombardment every day you were waking up and it was like some other fucking extreme thing and you were just like oh my god like fuck me I think everyone's doing that. Everyone's sort of going through. No one's been constantly good. No one's been constantly bad. We're all kind of going through little peaks and troughs. And sometimes weeks you go, that's yeah, not yeah. a bad week for working from home and chilling out, and it's all good. And the next week you're kind of down a little bit, and then it's like it's very much a kind of wave. I think you're kind of up and down as 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 the time goes on. It's, it's hard to be really positive all the time about it, and equally being negative about it all the time is is also a bit of a drain. You try and be, be as positive about it as everything you can. But like you said, things going on in America and things going on in Britain today, it feels like. Mm. An extra burden on the soul, doesn't it? And it makes you feel like you start a little bit more sort of tougher to deal with all this kind of stuff, especially when you're doing it in a more isolated environment. Yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, it's just it's just fucking endless. I, I don't know, man. I just I think like this is like a good. I think this is maybe folks starting to realise because even I've noticed, uh, even going back, having to go back on Facebook because of work related things. It was like even I've noticed the cat the work page. But just my general feed itself has become very quiet. It's almost like people are starting to realise that sometimes too much social media is very unhealthy. Yeah. So it seems like folk are maybe starting to realise this and starting to slowly step back yeah. as well, you know? I it's think like so. They, it's like everyone's in the same boat, so they've realised that there's barely any reason to go on Facebook and check it because there's not a lot on it. Nothing's really happening. So, like, I mean, why, why would you mm. go on and deal with Facebook if nothing's happening on Facebook? It seems completely pointless, you know, to go on and look at the same thing over and over again. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I've noticed that as well. The, the Twitter feed and Instagram feed seems all going a bit kind of, maybe it's partly to do with what's happening this now. People have sort of made a conscious effort to do it. But just generally, it does seem a little bit quieter than it has been, which is not a bad thing, to be honest. Um, no, no. We are recording this. We are recording this a lot earlier in the day. We normally do recording at like about half two in the afternoon. So I'm going to ask you, are you drinking I, at half two in the afternoon? Uh, I'm not because I'm actually on call. Uh, okay. I'm having a nice refreshing can of Monster. That's your fucking <laughs> hummingbird start drinking that shit. Um, I know, mate. I know. It's not helpful yes. for you. What about, yourself? what about yourself? I have a very classy cup of tea you can see here. It's like, ooh. Oh, yeah. oh very snazzy. Very snazzy <laughs> cup of tea. Because again, it's half two in the afternoon. I'm not drinking at half two in the afternoon. Even on a Saturday, it feels a little bit too yeah. early. Um, maybe later on. <laughs> four of these Zoom call things to do. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll drink then. Definitely drink after it once I've dealt with all these um, many Zoom yeah, calls exactly. I have today. Um, what we'll do is again, <laughs> we'll, we'll get into the streaming services again, as we have been doing for the past like two or three months. We'll pick a few things mm-hmm. out that are currently streaming, and we'll talk about them. So, first one is a film that's been out for a lot of while. I think it came out in 2017, 2018. Uh, yes. Called Aftermath. 17. 17, 2017. Called Aftermath, which is available on Netflix, it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, directed yes. by Elliot Lester, who did the Jason Statham film Blitz. If anyone remembers ah, that, okay. anyone will. And Sleepwalker, which is another film he did as well. So the plot of this film is, um, it's kind of a dual story between a guy whose family are killed in a media collision, um, and mm. the other guy is the 
uh, air traffic controller who made the possible error that caused the planes to crash. And it follows they've got a dual lives of these two guys as they deal with number one losing the family and the other one is a guy dealing with the fact he may have caused the deaths of like 300 odd people and it's his, how, how, how he's trying to process that and um, in the film you have Arnold Schwarzenegger playing the bereaved father and um, of the family uh, you have Scoot McNary which is a great name playing the air traffic controller also in it is Maggie Grace and um, she plays the wife of Scoot McNary and you've also got a young boy whose name I can't remember in the, uh, the actor's name, but he's in it. And all on that, that's pretty much the cast. It's quite a small, condensed cast. There's not really too many folk in it. Um, Judah yeah, Nelson is his name. Thank you. Um, so that's, that's the, the, the cast. May as well give him a shout-out. I'll give him a shout-out. He wasn't bad in it. Um, yeah. I'll start with this one. I thought it started with a, a decent premise and quite an interesting idea of, you know, the idea of grief and loss and seeing it from two different angles. And I thought the wee dual plot thing had a lot of promise to it. You know, the idea, you know, and throughout the film, it's sort of building towards something. It's sort of showing these two guys at different stages of, of, their, of their grief process. Sometimes they're doing better, and like sometimes one character's doing slightly better than the other one, and at other times, you know, it's, it's not a completely linear story um, in that respect. Yeah. Um, but it is always totally building towards something, and it's building towards this conclusion of this possible meeting of these two characters, as because one of them starts looking for the other one to try and find out, you know, proper answers or, or even get just get an apology. So it's building and building and building towards that, and then the finale of the film is probably one of the weakest finales I've seen on screen for the last like ten years. They build and build and build, and then there's just it's just a nothing ending. Um, I thought, and yeah, that left that made me feel go. That's kind of that's, that's kind of. I spent about an hour and a half watching this for that. It felt very, very much of a letdown. Um, what did you think? Yeah, I'm very much in the camp of that one. I thought great premise, a great premise, even uh, started. I, it's a great idea. Just I think it was just poorly executed. Yeah, you know, I'd. I don't know why, but I just didn't really feel overly like bothered about the guy who potentially had caused the accident. I never really felt sad for him, man. And I've kind of felt a bit more kind of, I oh, fucking Arnie better step up and do something here. Yeah. But I don't know if that's just because of seeing Arnie in this more kind of serious role, it kind of jars your image of what Arnie is, yeah. at least for me anyway. Yeah. You know, you don't really see him in a lot of these kind of serious, like, Kind of dark roles. No, you don't. Um, yeah. So that's why I always kind of felt like, you know, when's they pulling out the big guns and rampaging about the place? Uh, well, but, I think that people, you probably people I, are probably watching it expect it to turn into a sort of taken type thing, you know, a guy going and going for revenge, and that never really yeah. sort of comes. That's not really it. No, it's not so much about no, that. No, uh, yeah, like you said, the cat ending was completely weak. I was really disappointed when like the credits popped up because I was Aye. a bit like, uh, is that it? I was kind of expecting just even just a ball here more, you know? Aye, just just something to be a bit more conclusion to it. Um, yeah, I would say it, you, you didn't because, like. You say you didn't really like the the air traffic controller story as much as the Scoot McNary one. I actually enjoyed his story more because I think he's a better actor for a start. And I thought like, there's mm. more nuance to that one because you see at the start of it, like, is he to blame? Is he not to blame? There seems to be a lot going on in the room at the same time. And also he's, he's sort of left by himself. And it's like, so he's got, I think yeah. he's more, it's a more complex story of he has like, you know, does he blame himself or is it someone else's fault? You know, he's not entirely to blame. Whereas the army story, mm. it, it's, I say it's just, but it is just a guy dealing with grief, 
in dealing with try process yeah. and try and try and try appropriate blame in some way. So the, it, it feels a, it feels a much shallower story, whereas the, the Stuart McNary one has a much has much more kind of facets to it of you know appropriating the blame. Yeah. And also his own personal sort of how, how he personally feels about it. I just felt with the Arnie story, I found it all a bit too convenient how he became a a volunteer yeah, in the yeah, scene. Yeah, yeah. I was a bit like. Obviously, when they were writing it, they've had a, like a, a blockade, and then they're like, "A bollocks! How can we get round this?" Aye. And then they're like, oh, "All right, fuck it, we'll just make him a volunteer." And you're like, Aye. "That wouldn't ever really happen." No, I don't. That's think like so. the equivalent of you wandering up to like Lockerbie and starting to help. You'd be like, "What the fuck am I even doing here?" Ah, it does seem a bit. You know? That said, that feels very out of place. I mean, I don't know if that is what they do in America. You know, they get local volunteers from the area who who, who do that and. Scour yeah. areas, but it feels like you'd have to have more training than just turning up at the the, the, the crime scene and going, "Can I can I help out?" It feels like there should be more to it than just that. Yeah. Um, also, <laughs> we talked about it last week um, when we're talking about you know um, the big action star trying to do the other type of film. I love Arnie. I think you're a big fan of Arnie as mm. well. We love what Arnie can do. Yeah, yeah. Arnie is many things. Um, well, Arnie's not many things. Arnie, Arnie's a good action hero. And he can do a lot of comedy when he plays it straight. See, when he tries to be an actor and to emote, he's not got the, the range to be an actor. You know, no, he's not got the the props to do it. And that came across really obviously for most of this film. And I think it's one of those things, but I think he maybe thought it was a good idea because obviously he thinks this is the kind of film that would get him maybe a bit more cred as an actor rather than just the action star. Mm. And I'm guessing his name attached to it probably got the film, you know, produced because... It's Arnie's name attached to it. You know, he's the biggest one of the biggest movie stars in the world, but he didn't have the, yeah. the, the he didn't have the the range to, to pull off what he was doing. I don't think. No, I think like like you said, I think if this didn't have Arnie in it, it probably would have just fell by the wayside. Um, but then I don't know if maybe the story would have like yeah, helped it become really more believable if it was just a bit of a kind of another unknown actor kind of guy in it. I think uh, Arnie in should it, have been playing like. I think one thing is, even with Arnie in it, it still fell by the wayside. Like, I didn't, I didn't get much of a cinema release, and it's taken me to now to find it on, on Netflix. So I don't even think we are yeah. in it. I think it, it, it got the kind of push it wanted to. So you're probably right. If they put mm. you know, any other actor in it, it probably, you know, say Clive Owen played the Arnie role, you probably find it even mm. more buried than it, than it was originally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Aye. Aye. It's a good premise. Just I think just poorly executed. I think they should have tried to like expand it. I don't... I, I think the problem was this: they led with the initial accident. See if they had maybe kind of like slowly built, like made you kind of like care about the characters a wee bit more. Then you with the accident, then the aftermath. I think I would have been more invested in it. Yeah, no, well, that's, that's that's a fair point. I actually thought that when I was watching it, if they'd done it in a way where you see these two men and they're both living these very odd lives, you know, they're, they're, and obviously they're both yeah. owning something. Then, cause then the development mm. might have been all of a sudden, you know, maybe you think. It's a Scoot McNary character is the guy who has lost his family. Then the family have turned up, obviously, so it's not him. So then you make you realize that the army guy is the guy who's lost the family. If, if yeah. you missed out a little bit of the timeline, maybe you could have had a more sort of impactful film. But yeah, it's a, like you said, I agree, it's an interesting premise, but the execution is, is kind of lacking. Um, out of 10, what do you give it? Uh, I'm going quite low on this one. I'm going four out of 10. Oh, that is harsh. I'm going to give it a I six. liked it, but for it's. Pretty much ninety minute runtime. Yeah, I was invested, but not deeply invested. You know, yeah. I'm giving it six. 
because I think there's some stuff mm-hmm. that was in, in, interesting, but the final act was very, very poor. Um, and and yeah. to, to make the build for nine minutes towards that was a bit of a letdown. But, you know, six out of ten. It's, yeah, it's yeah. an interesting premise. It's an interesting, I think, a decent performance from Scoot McNary. Um, Arnie's out of his depth, unfortunately. Um, I'd like to see more of Maggie Grace playing the wife. She didn't really have much at all in it. It's a bit of a shame. I know, I know. A lot more. Yeah, yeah. It almost feels like what's the point in that character if you're not going to give her anything to do. Um, but yeah, six out of ten, I'll give it. Nice. Not one to nice. not one to rush towards, but if you're looking for something, if you want to be an army completist and finish all the army films, you've got to get out of there. Yeah. Well, I had to search this movie, so that shows you how buried that is on Amazon, eh, yeah. on uh, Netflix. On Netflix, yeah, so, definitely buried. Yeah. Yeah. Um, buried like his wife. It is, yeah. It's weird, I think 2017 was the year that Arnie done a couple of these films. He done this one, he done one I think called Maggie. It was all about him, his daughter, it's like a, it's like a zombie film where his daughter's going to turn into a zombie and he's trying to like sort of save her. But it's all set in a world Oh, yeah. So, like, yeah, Arnie, yeah. Like, like 2017 was the year Arnie, for some reason, thought, I'm going to be an actor. Maybe it's just after the heart attack and he has like, sort of a little kind of coming to Jesus moment. And he went, I can't be an actor anymore, I can't shoot people. I've got to be a proper actor. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I think now he's done Terminator, was it Terminator something this year, Dark Fate or something. He's now going fucking yeah. back to the action army. He's he's, he's reverted back. Yeah. So yeah, but 2017 army was um, it was I think he was an actor. Um, he wanted up, that Oscar. He wants that Oscar. Yeah. Um, next week, <laughs> uh, next film. Sorry, uh, we've got as uh, one that's a not a film. Sorry, it's a, a limited series again on Netflix, um, called Jeffrey Epstein Filthy Rich. Um, directed by all four episodes directed by Lisa Bryant, who is normally mm-hmm. a producer, um, but this is like my first sort of major foray into directing, and there's all um, four episodes, um, and it's a limited series all about well, Jeffrey Epstein and sort of his darker side when he was being accused of um, prostitution and and sex acts with underage girls, and it's him. It's some sort of uncovering it through the means of talking to the victims of this, building towards the sort of his trial and, as everyone knows, his eventual suicide, um, where it became very clear that he was exceptionally guilty. Um, don't do the air quotes, am I? It's, you know, don't do that. Um, it came to the conclusion that you know he was going to go to jail for a long time and he was very, very guilty. And that sense, it's just sort of exploring how he got away with, not how he got away with it to the extent, and kind of who was complicit in covering this up in, some, in a lot of times and how he managed to get away with it for a lot of the time. Um, you've watched the first mm. three of this, haven't you? You said? Yeah, I've, yeah. unfortunately, I just ran out of time, unfortunately. Um, you know yourself, they're, they're quite chunky episodes, so trying to balance balance it between working and all that, you know. Uh, but yeah, I think I've got a good grasp of what's going on, you know. Um, and I watched all four, but interestingly, you texted me last night to say you have opinions on this, which is very rare because you very really actually have a like serious opinion on anything we watch. You're very much a passive general when it comes to watching this stuff. So, um, <laughs> very much. I'm both intrigued and scared you're going to say something that's going to get us taken off the air, Barry. That's that's my only worry right now. Um, so, uh, sad, sadly, nothing too uh, offensive. One Epstein, one hundred percent, did not uh, kill himself. Okay. He was yeah, okay. he, he was helped, right? Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you we'll, think we'll of just leave that. What, what, what do you think of the show? <laughs> right. Uh, it, it's obvious going from like the Michael Jordan uh, documentary that this is going through the car. This is the new Netflix thing where they do like time jumps. Yep. But in the Epstein one, 
you're only time jumping maybe like five years, so it's completely pointless. It does seem like the thing is just a little bit, yeah, they don't seem to be yeah. to fulfill any real purpose to it, I agree, yes. Yeah, right, so it's like 2020, this is Netflix's new thing they're trying, right? So that's that. But the first episode, right, it's all about the school children, uh, well, the school girls, uh, around about 12, 13 years old, getting uh, led to his house in Palm Beach by the other school pals for £200 for a back massage. Now, you know, ultimately more happens than just a back massage at the house. But I want to know is, why are none of the girls warning the other pals? This is what they, I couldn't comprehend when I was sitting there. Like, they because reference that, like, they reference that. They say that. They say to the girl, one of the girls says that. She says, basically, he's told, if you bring girls to me, I'll pay you for bringing those yeah. girls. You, you don't have to do it. And so the girls obviously think, Wait a minute, if I can bring five girls to this guy's house, I'll get paid a thousand yeah. pounds and not have to do it. So they, they feel it's better not to mention anything. So you, you sort of, that's the whole point. It's, it's a pyramid scheme, you know, or a point yeah. scheme of, of abuse. So, that's how he manages to sort of to get, to get away with it because he's the, the, the kids themselves, the, the, the young girls themselves, are essentially mm. fueling this by you know they've been mm. they've been manipulated into it, and um, but they're essentially sort of bringing that they're, they're constantly fueling his desire, and um, with this. So that's how I think none of the kids mentioned it. The idea is like I, I want to make the money because they all come from like low economic backgrounds. They all come from sort of yeah, you know, out homes, so they all try to make money as best they can. And if you get told you can make a thousand dollars for doing for for from me, but you don't have to do that thing you don't want to do, then you might be tempted to go, like, I can probably bring four people from a club and make them, you know, mm. make them do that. And then that way, you're still making the money. And they do, I think, episode yeah. two or episode three, they do reference that. So that's how the, that's how the kids basically don't warn each other. Uh, and, and, um, I think also the thing that, yeah, as, it, as they get older, the, yeah. the, the, the kids are all the young adults, you know, they're like 16, 17, they're all paid off, you know, mm. and, and everyone in, in a circle is involved in who he is, that there's like this sort of real cone of silence around the world, around his world, you know, that no He was, see when he was talking to the camera, he was choking, absolutely choking to tell the camera who was there. You yeah. see, like, the way he was talking, you could just be like, come on, buddy, come on. Just another two seconds, come on, give us it, you know. He doesn't want to tell you that Clinton was there and Prince Andrew was there and stuff like that, but you know there's more people involved in this thing and there's more people. Oh, I'm not saying every person who went to that island is guilty of doing what Epstein no. did, but there's a lot no, of people no. saying they weren't on the island when clearly they were, and that just makes, that, that adds too much doubt to the situation. Mm. But they said that to Clinton, like Clinton so denies so. basically he's ever been on that island, and it's like, dude, everyone knows you're, it's very important to get you were on that island, there's no one to say you're on that island. If you yeah. just come out and said, I visited the island, I cannot recall seeing anything untoward, then you could probably accept that. We could probably it might it might be bullshit, but you could probably accept it. Same with anybody else who happened there, but people just seem to say, No, I don't actually know him. And you saw this yeah. got arrested this you've not you've got to see the fourth episode. But once he's arrested mm-hmm. and it sort of feels like it's gonna go bigger, it's not just he's not he's definitely not gonna get away for this time. The people the mm-hmm. people just start to come out and say that they didn't actually know him that well or they always thought he was, always thought he was strange and they always you know, they only have that yeah. sort of aspect of once it becomes very clear he's gonna go down for it. Before that, they were yeah, more yeah. happy to turn a blind eye to all the shit that was, you know, what was going on, and that's what's more insane about it. It's weird that woman has never been like charged with anything either. She's like lover, pal, whatever the fuck she is to him. Yeah, 
it's like, how has she never been like either investigated or been dragged over the coals? Is, has she somehow managed to be like, she can't, if she's implicated? No, the stick, I mean, it took him a long time to even sit on. Epstein was a raft of evidence, a raft of, you know, the lobby. Um, they never yeah. got because of, you know, like, you know, power buys a lot, you know, and power and money can make you get away with a lot of stuff. Um, mm. In terms of documentary, I would say, I don't know about yourself, but over the three episodes that you've watched and the whole I watched, what I thought was good about it is it brought a face to the people, which I thought was, in, which was, yeah. well, because that's something you always hear about them doing these things, but mm. it, it's nameless faces. So this actually, this brought sort of a humanity to, not to him, but to the people mm. who are abused by it. You see how their lives have all been sort of Arab, you know, irrevocably like just destroyed. You know, some of them had to like leave home and move to far, far, like far far corners of the world just to try and escape them. And they have this constant fear that this guy is going to come yeah. from in some way. Um, yeah. But I would also they say... Put, well, sorry, man. You go. I was just going to say, with the with the woman who ended up getting married in Thailand to that yes. backpacker, yeah. it's like when she phoned Epstein and that, it's almost like he was bothered, but he wasn't overly bothered about her doing this. It's almost like some sort of weird, like psychological thing he's doing with them. He's like Aye. fucking with them yeah, and keeping them on on like a virtual leash. And yeah, then, but is. the minute someone breaks it, he's like, "All right, cool." Because he's, he knows he's got five other girls, ten other girls, fifteen other girls that he can just he can you know take on. He, he's not tied to one to the point where he's you know, heartbroken by a girl leaving. It's just he would rather keep them because he likes to have them. But once they go away, he's like, no, I'll find somebody else. And I think yeah. that's even sadder that the girls realised they were so disposable like that as well. And that's what's, you know, and there's a physical abuse that he obviously um, enacted on them. There's also that complete psychological abuse that he constantly did for so many years on each, each of these victims. Um, what we can say, like, other than bringing a face to the people, um, which I think was a, a very strong and very notable thing to do and a very noble thing to do. I didn't really mm-hmm. learn that much from it. No, no. Which I think is a big thing. I didn't, really, I didn't really get into much. Like, I, I'll, maybe because maybe me and you read quite a fair bit about, you know, the relatively intelligent guys that we, we see the news and stuff like that and see read the papers and things like that. But the idea that, like, I knew he got let off because of the Attorney General, but I've heard all this stuff before. So nothing really, mm-hmm. to me, jumped out at me as this being notable. So maybe it's good for people who don't know who this guy is, but I feel if you're going to watch this, you're going to know who this guy is in the first place, and that's why you're watching it. So I, I'm kind of at a loss. Yeah. Other than bringing a face to the victims, which I think is a very, very good thing to do, it never really yes. taught me anything that I didn't know. No, exactly. The only thing I kind of learned was the first time he was in jail, and then like uh, I think around about 2010-ish, around about that kind of eager, uh, and how like... It, on day release and all that, he was literally just fucking about, just going about yeah. his normal life. That was the only thing I kind of learned yeah. uh, differently about it. Yeah, I, mean, I didn't Not know that, but I can assume something like that would happen because, I mean, the rich never really go to prison properly, do they? They'll always yeah. have, you know, ways around it, you know? So I didn't know that yeah. that one bit for, for sure, but I've, I can assume that would be the case. I don't, I didn't, you didn't look like a guy who'd been to prison, if you know what I mean. You didn't look like a guy who served any real time. So I think that's the thing yeah. I feel a bit disappointed about it in a weird ways like something like this I feel could, could show more and maybe because it's been made so quickly after he died I mean when did he die like what a year ago less than a year ago it was at the tail end of last year I think man Aye, so it's, it's been made very quickly so I feel like there's not a lot of information been brought out yet that yeah that they can add to it and um, also I would say that other than given the 90 minute the, the hour-long episodes the four hour-long episodes to get as many of the victims in there who want to speak to speak and get them on camera and get them to tell a story. The mm. show itself, I think, could have been put down to either a 90-minute movie or two one-hours. I, I feel like it, there's a lot of stuff just repeating itself about it that doesn't really yeah. add that much to the, the, the 
in the, the facts, to be honest. Yeah, I absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yeah, like I said, I've still got the fourth episode to watch, so I don't know how much it'll kind of, like, how does the, does the fourth episode kind of wrap everything up, or does yeah. it just kind of leave? Fourth episode's all about him getting arrested for the second time, and then him going to trial, and the, well, not well, well, pre-trial when he's trying to get bail, and then his suicide, and <laughs> he passed away in August last year. Uh, so it's been it's pretty much been a year, so I, I just didn't feel that there's enough there new. I felt like it mm. definitely from what it, it maybe gives some level of closure to an extent to some of the victims and lets them tell the story, which is a great thing that they can they feel yeah. confident enough to come out and do that. Um, but in terms of adding new information to who Epstein was, it didn't really give me anything new that I didn't already know. Like I, I felt like I knew that. Yeah. yeah. Um, so maybe yeah, if you yeah. know people I think he was just I think he was just one of these kind of lucky trades like kind of stock market guys. I really do. Yeah. He just I think he just got lucky. I think he just invested in the right things and <laughs> yeah. And it all just out from it. and I would have loved if he you know, if he did himself legitly, uh, I would absolutely love if he fucking name drop everyone that was in it. I would have been fucking to make a point saying that he wanted to do because he's too much information on the rich people knowing they would go out and they'd be all chasing go here. But I didn't use that thing. Surely that's the thing, you know, so yeah, I said the possibility is to use that world really I think it's easy to have the information to add. Yeah. You know? Maybe it's, you know? Uh, maybe it's like uh, one of those things where he's in the people at his island, doing whatever, but then there's no concrete evidence to back uh-huh. it up. You know, it's insane. I almost think it off for this chance to back it up. You know. Um, I'll give it a seven out of ten. I get, the, I get what it's trying to do. I get what it has. Yeah, yeah. Things it does. But I think there's a lot more to expose, a lot more to show, and a lot more to put into the idea of who it was, how the victim that was just in the four ends of the field. Then what's the new option? Yeah, yeah. I, I'll go the same. I'll go the same. Seven out of ten. Uh, yeah, good fucking riddance. The planet doesn't need cunts like that. I agreed. And I'm I'm very happy with it, to be honest. Yeah. Yes. Um and have you watched anything? You you were gonna watch something last night, you're gonna to bring to the floor you're watching something or you? Nah, it's pretty good. I just switched on one of the bottom uh, feature films, but I fell asleep watching it, so Okay. <laughs> it's it's the one that they own the hotel, whatever that one's called. Oh I guess it's paradise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that is really wrong. It's really wrong to mention that Apple Epstein. Yes, we could have done that. Um, so Timson, and Timson, sorry, to give you a couple of people that are like called Wonderful Timson. And we need to do that. Greasy Strangler, which is in Colin Wilson, and that was the producer. This is for some director. Um, yeah. It's a very hard plot to get, but it's fun. Basically, mm-hmm. the guy goes to see his estranged father, who's wrote him a letter, and he's not spoken to him for many years. He lives out in the wild somewhere. Once he gets to the cabin, where his dad is, it's a very fancy looking sort of futuristic looking cabin. Him and his dad have a sort of very odd back and forth trying to sort of get to know each other. And then from that, the story spins out with it does. It's not really too um, mm. Yeah. So it goes into sort of an, an odd, it's a thriller. So there's a lot of, there's, there's a lot of kind of things getting unveiled and no one's really, you're not really sure who everyone is and how much truth is in each person's actions. Um, yeah. So it's just, it starts like, yeah, see that, and why that left him, but there's more to it than that. I'm not really explaining it very well, but that's essentially the... the yeah, no, I get it. I get it. Uh, um, it's... I'm trying to think what's the IMB, what, what, how they describe it. Yeah. 
see what they do. Yeah, without spoiling it, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll be able to see him as me. A man is there, he travels to the whole party, and then from that, things mm-hmm. ensue. So in the film, you've got Elijah Wood playing the mm-hmm. guy going to the cabin. Uh, you get Sean, uh, Steve McCarthy um, playing the father. You get Michael Smiley from Space. We know if you've seen Space and um, a lot of the, the Ben Wheatley films, he popped up in that. Um, you've got Anna Graver, Graver, sorry, she plays uh, someone in the film. I can't tell you who she is because it'll spoil it. And Martin Donovan also pops up in it as well. So no one really big apart from Elijah Wood and probably Michael Smiley. Um, Steve McHattie's mm. done a few things in Watchmen, things like that, but probably Elijah Wood's definitely a big draw here. Um, it's his, yes. It's his company producing it as well. So this is this is weird. It's, it's a weird film. It's like I said, it's you get very aware from the very, very start of the film that something's not right. No one really seems mm. like you know, like they've never exist anywhere in the world. You know, the Elijah Wood character he starts out with he dropped off the side of the road. He was really close. I like weird salt glass in his house and the eyes and it's sort of that one thing around. And he's working through like walking like rugged brain, but he's dragging behind him like he's just like, like a normal suit, like a normal suitcase. Mm-hmm. It's very odd, you know. It's, and then he gets to the he gets to the house and his dad's this kind of weird guy who acts like he's happy to see him, but he's kind of not at the same time. And he's got this kind of very futuristic house, but also he's like living off the land a little bit as well. It's, it's all very odd. And um, so it's building, building the oddness from the very beginning, and they have a lot of these, a couple of these like serious conversations that remind me a little bit. Remember, have you seen Tusk? Yes. Yeah. See the conversations that the two guys have at the dinner table in Tusk. Mm. These are long, sprawling conversations, and you don't really know where they're going. Or they're just trying to, they're almost like sort of just picking each other to try and figure yeah, out yeah. something, and they're testing each other. You know, a couple of those kind of conversations uh-huh. that are quite interesting and really well done. Um, but and they are, it is very funny, but a really kind of dark humour kind of way. As it goes, it starts to just build and build and build, and then something happens, and you go, "Oh shit!" Now I'm in this kind of film. Then it then becomes like a full-blown thriller horror at that point because of oh, right. the direction it goes, and then it goes full pelt for that, and doesn't, and it never really lets go of that. It just, it just goes for it. Um, so performances are all excellent. Like Elijah Wood's really good. Michael Smiley, particularly playing this, what you say, kind of hitman almost equally mm-hmm. fantastic in it as well. He's brilliant in it. Um, it's really well directed. It's, it doesn't ever feel lost. Like it always knows what it's supposed to be. And even when it does do the changes in tone, it knows the audience is going with it. It doesn't feel like it's a, as an abrupt change. You know? So when it does go from like thriller to horror, it feels natural, which I thought was really well done. Mm. Well edited. Although it does start off slow, it still moves at a good pace. You feel like you're getting enough out. So with the, with the, the start of it's slow because it's got these conversations back and forth, but it doesn't feel like you're sitting there waiting for waiting for it. You're actually you're enjoying the conversations, you're enjoying them, like needling each other. So it's just this really odd, well done kind of thriller horror that I, I really got behind. I really dug it. And it's very, very funny, very, very bleak, very, very dark. And at times yeah. exceptionally gory as well, which really and a lot of those come up. You go, oh, fuck, that's that's nasty. I don't want to see that. But equally, going, <laughs> I want to see where they go from here because the stuff that's kind of really nasty. It's not even at the end. It's not even like the finale. That's like sort of just a kind of throwaway thing. And they're going, oh shit, if they're doing that for that, then where the fuck is this thing going to go after that? You know. So yeah, mm. really enjoyed it. Really dug it. It's a really good Friday night movie. If you're sitting at home on a Friday night, it's a really good one for that. It's just very messed up. Can I think it would be shown on yeah, like yeah. channel? Like, can I think it was on like channel four, you know, like one in the yeah, morning? Yeah. That week in the movies. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it definitely, nice. if you like stuff like Lucy Strangler and Eating Your Death and Housebound and the town that the town that dreaded sundown as well, stuff like that, it would definitely be in, in, in that in that vein for you. I, again, I think you would really like it. Colin will love it. I think Paul absolutely dig it to, to no end. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think Stu as well, who's in, who does a point again, he'll love it. You, you're not as big in the horror sense, so you may have a bit more of an issue with the final, like sort of the, the final half of the film. <laughs> But I, think I did try and I did try and find it. Unfortunately, all my avenues of watching just did not have it, so I was a bit stumped about where to actually get it from there. Uh, 
you know. Sky movies, now TV and so on as well. So yeah, it's definitely good. It's a really good watch. I was surprised. I didn't really know much about it. I didn't really know much going into it. Um, but I really, really liked it. I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really well done. Nice. Yeah. Good. Um, good stuff. Very solid. Eight out of ten. <clears throat> oh, nice. Eight out of ten. Yeah. So next week we'll get a few things to watch. I've limited this to a couple because um, one of them quite long. So we've got one we're supposed to watch this week, but none of us got around to because we're both just kind of busy. Is the banker, which is on Amazon, and mm. um, we'll talk about that. And also on Amazon is a film called The Vast of Night. Apparently, it's a really good um, sort of semi horror kind of thriller as well. That's getting really good reviews as well, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, and also nice. on Netflix, we've got the 10 episodes dropped of the new Steve Carell comedy called Space Force, which is a collaboration <laughs> between him and Greg Daniels. The guy's done, I think Greg Daniels done that upload one and also um, The Office. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah, then, yeah. then reuniting for the first time since The Office. So that'll be kind of interesting to see what they, what they two can put together. I've watched, I've watched it. I watched the trailer for Space Force when it dropped on uh, Netflix, and it is a strong cast in there. Oh my There's God, a like, lot of big names and good you know, names in it. I've watched the first two, so I won't spoil it this now, but so far I've got John Malkovich in it, you've got Lisa Kudrow in it, um, you've got you know, it, Patrick Warburton pops up in it as well. You've got, it's a very solid cast, a couple of Silicon Valley guys mm. are in it as well, you know, so it's, it's definitely, it's, it's a very good cast. So I love how, I love, comedy, who knows, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that next week. I just, I love how this uh, TV show has spawned from an idea that Trump had, you know. I think we'll get into it later on, like when we talk about it next week, but yes. see, the yeah, yeah, yeah. see the idea of doing something political right now, it's so difficult yeah. because real politics is more fucked up than what you can actually make on screen. Yeah. You know, things like Veep yeah. almost don't work anymore because the, the the reality of the politics right now is so is more fucked up than even Veep can imagine. You know it's bad when an ex-wrestler, now Hollywood actor, is cutting a better promo than the fucking president is. That's okay. how bad that is. I would argue that if one thing Trump knows how to do is to do a good promo, the man can put together a video, you know, that's... Yeah. Yeah, so tell me where to find this for next week. All the usual haunts, uh, Facebook, Twitter, uh, Instagram, at Three Beers in a Movie. Great, man. So for this week, I've been Richard, you've been... Barry. And you've been listening to... Boom. Three Beers in a Movie.